Hello, R Sport community. It's Kit Harvey here, and I'm back with the latest edition of R Conversations. With more than 200 A League appearances for Sydney FC and 21 international caps for the Socceroos, Ryan Grant is a right back that gets the job done. From humble beginnings in country New South Wales, Ryan walks me through his journey to the top level and his experience returning from two separate ACL tears. I couldn't help but ask about his time playing with Italian legend Alessandro Del Piero and under the watchful eye of current Socceroos coach Graham Arnold. And who knows, if verbal contracts mean anything, we may even see Ryan in the maroon and gold of R-Sport FC when he's hung up the sky blue kit. Thanks so much for joining us on our conversations. 239 appearances for Sydney FC, a sky blue as well as a Socceroo. Um, it's terrific to have you on board. And yeah, we're absolutely wrapped. You could join us for the podcast. No, no worries at all. Thanks for, thanks for getting me on. Uh, the first thing I thought, I'll be honest with you, mate, um, when I read Ryan Grant, uh, I thought, wowee, that is a great haircut. I'm actually a defender myself, uh, and I also have sported a fairly iconic mullet in the past, if I do say so myself. Um, when you cut it off, did you lose your powers? Was there any uh, risk of that in your mind? Um, no, but everyone kept saying, uh, like, there's that old wives thing or whatever, um, if when that fella cut his mullet or cut his hair and he lost all his powers. And I was like, oh, no. Nah. But then last season wasn't my greatest, so I was sort of thinking, shit, maybe maybe that's sort of come true a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I've sort of got a little bit of a mullet growing back now just to see if it has um, – yeah, any significance in in my playing ability, and I feel like I've started the season all right. So maybe it does. Never forget the story of Samson. I think those are pretty wise words. I'm just about to fine tune the mullet a little bit, so hopefully maybe our winning record turns around. We're on a bit of a a slump at the moment at R Sport FC. Um, I'll ask for your advice a little bit later on. Um, I think what I'll do to kick things off is I want to talk a little bit about New South Wales. You're the boy from Canawindra. I hope I'm saying that right country New South Wales, you've come to the city, you play for Sydney FC, you're a big Penrith Panthers fan. I'm not sure you could get more New South Wales than that. I was just reading your Twitter and it's it's Panthers, it's Panthers. It's it's all looking pretty um, pretty black and rainbow. It's, it's wonderful. Um, I guess you never really had an opportunity to have the boy taken out of New South Wales. So we don't know if the New South Wales can be taken out of the boy. Obviously, you're, you're a proud New South Welshman. Um, What's it like, I guess, being such a, a hometown guru and, uh, you know, having not really left the state to play professional football? Yeah, I've sort of never really thought about it. I think when it comes to football or soccer, um, everyone sort of thinks like overseas or international stuff. So I've never really thought of it state to state. Um, and, uh, yeah, I must admit I don't know a lot about Victoria or Melbourne itself. Um, I've only been there to play against uh, the teams down there. So I'm not um, too yeah knowledgeable about how things go down there. I know there's a few different terminologies us New South Welshmen use uh, in terms of schnitties or, uh, oh, sorry, palmies or palmies. Um, yeah. So I know there's a, there's always a hot debate about that sort of stuff, but uh, yeah, no, I love New South Wales. Obviously, like you said, you mentioned I'm a big rugby league fan. I know it's not very popular, down in Victoria, um, but yeah, I um, love the Panthers. They've 
pretty successful lately. So that's why you'd probably see me tweeting. Uh, I've been following them for a long time. They're not always been the best, but the last couple of years have been pretty successful. So I jump on it while I can. Um, but yeah, obviously love it up here in Sydney. I've been here now for 15 odd years. So as much as I am a sort of a country boy um, from where I'm from, I suppose, but I, I, I think I'd consider myself a, a Sydney sider now. And depends who you speak to. If you speak to my mates back out home, they'd say I'm a city slicker. If you speak to the boys here in the city, they'd say I'm a, I'm a bogan or a, a very country bloke. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of stuck in no man's land and don't really know myself, to be honest. No, it sounds like you've got a little bit of everything to offer to me. I don't don't sell yourself short. I think that's probably a good thing if you've got um, fingers in multiple pies. That's got to be a good thing. Hey, Canawindra, um, how's it looking at the moment with the floods? Is there a, a bit of a situation there at the moment? Because it's only just uh, not far from Forbes, and they're really struggling at the moment. How's how's the hometown? Yeah, there's yeah there's floods all over um, Central West New South Wales at the moment, and like you mentioned, Forbes I think was hit the hardest. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely. Uh, some flooding in Canoundra. Um, but uh, I think, thankfully, there hasn't been too much damage. Um, I haven't got my fingers uh, on the pulse as much as I probably should um, in terms of knowing how bad it's been. But um, from what I've seen um, and what I've read, I think it's it's all all, all good at the moment. It's, I think Forbes, like you said, is the, the worst hit. But, I mean, no matter where you go these days, there's, there's something, isn't there? There's floods or bushfires one year and obviously – COVID and everything so it's always yeah it's a bit sketchy now I think the world's imploding and trying to tell us something at the minute but um yeah and I think I think Canound is all good at the moment I've got to say I'm very grateful to you you've very, only very subtly corrected me on my terrible pronunciation of Canoundra it's Canoundra and not Canoindra thank you very much for not explicitly saying that and from now on Canoundra it is do you get do you get back there much and um try to you know say good day to the folks and and the old mates um yeah oh, well firstly yeah you've I mean, no, no need to apologise. It's spelled, it's <laughs> spelt kind of windra. So everyone gets that wrong, I suppose, unless you you know it, you know it as Canoundra. But um, no, I haven't been home um, as much as I would have liked over the last few years. My my olds live in Bathurst at the moment, um, so I do get back to Bathurst a bit more regularly um, than I do Canoundra. But yeah, I still have a few mates out there. Still have a few cousins um, and some family out there. So when I do get the chance, I, I sort of jump at it. But yeah, with football, it's crazy. It has been the last few years with scheduling and around COVID, it's been pretty hard to, to get any time off, let alone get back back home. So, um, yeah, I haven't been there, like I said, as much as I would have liked, but I have been back to the Central West um, to sort of, yeah, Bathurst to see my parents and and, and my sisters. So, um, yeah, it's always nice to get home, but it would be nice to do it a bit more often. can only imagine what it would have been like flying around, flying around the country with um, flexible schedules and, and stuff like that. What is the football scene like in Canoundra and that area around Bathurst? Is it a is it a big soccer area or is it something that was a, you know, a bit left field for you to get into as a kid? Um, in Canoundra, I think it's a bit more of a rugby league town. Uh, it's not a very big town. I think at the time when I was growing up, I think it only had between two thousand three thousand people. So we'd have to travel to Cowra, which was the closest town, a little bit bigger to play our sport. Um, but Canandra itself had a, a rugby league team um, and a rugby union team. And I think most country towns in New South Wales uh, are pretty rugby league and rugby union based. Um, but like anywhere, I suppose, football or soccer, whatever you want to call it, is is pretty popular for for youth or for kids. Um, so there was definitely a lot of presence in 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 soccer. Um, again, we, we used to have to travel to different towns, but um, yeah, it was it was always sport for me, whether it was soccer or cricket or, or football. 
um, and by football, I mean NRL, apologies, or rugby league, sorry. Um, I even played a little bit of AFL for all the Victorian fans. But, um, yeah, it was always something. But, yeah, as I sort of got older, I sort of progressed a little bit more with soccer. So I sort of pursued that, and, and lucky enough for me, it worked out. But, yeah, any sport when I was younger, I, I used to love and, and dive into. So was it kind of a situation where soccer kind of stuck and it, it became clear that you were, you know, talented and, and good at it and it was sort of, I guess, your best opportunity to make a, a career out of sport? Um, can you remember exactly who it was that really encouraged you in those early years um, playing the sport? And um, what kind of a role did they play in, in things kicking off for you? Um, yeah, I think initially when I was starting as a, a real young fellow, it was my dad was a big rugby league player and he was pretty good too, from what I've heard. Um, he was, yeah, he was always sort of rugby league based, but my mum sort of wanted me to play soccer because she just sort of had to look after dad through the rugby league years and, and seeing the injuries he had and, and whatnot and how much it sort of batted him around. So mum was sort of getting a little bit more into soccer and I have uh, three older sisters who sort of played it. They weren't great. Um, but they played it and I sort of just used to join around, join in with them and play around in their teams until I, I was in my own team. So I was more mum, I think, when I was younger. But as I've got older, dad, like I said, he was a, a rugby league head, but um, now he's gone full 180 and, and loves soccer and knows more about what's going on around the world sport or anything than I do. So, um, yeah, as I've got older, dad's sort of taken over and has all the knowledge. But, um, yeah, he's been very good, whether it's, driving me to different parts of central west new south wales to play soccer or um wait for me while i did uh training and whatnot he's, he's been yeah my probably my biggest supporter but yeah as a kid it was definitely mum pushing me in that direction they're pretty big distances between towns i reckon dad would have to come around pretty rapidly uh it sounds like he did uh from maybe hoping for a rugby league career for you at some stage and um i wonder if he added mayo to his own expertise on the rugby league pitch i uh I think dads have a way of doing that. Not not saying at all that your dad would be one to do that, um, unless of course you confirm that. Uh, yeah, he he's not one to sort of uh, speak out and say how good he is. But if you if you're in deep in conversation with him, he'll he'll definitely drop a few things here and there to 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 sort of mention how good he was or that he could have sort of pushed on a little bit. But yeah, you're right. I think you're speaking to anyone's dad. They always have those old stories where could have and should have and if it wasn't for this injury if it wasn't for this i could have been here and there i think it's pretty generic so yeah my dad as much as he is a bit more uh quiet and quietly spoken he, he still definitely name drops and, and mentions it here and there i think it's uh you know if i'm doing that i'm almost exactly the same age as you and i think if i'm already adding mayo and looking back and telling the coulda woulda shoulda stories about my own aussie rules pass i reckon if you're at dad age fair play to be honest yeah, I reckon too. I'll be exactly the same. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be talking it up and, and mentioning different things as I get older. I think it's part of life, isn't it? You tell old yarns and and add a bit of mayo to it and and make yourself look a little bit better than you are. So yeah, fair play. I think the difference is you've got a fair bit of mayo to to fall back on that's actually based in, in truth. I know it's uh it's a pretty decorated career. We'll get into that in in just a little bit. Um, I'm interested to know what the uh, rise through junior football looked like in country New South Wales. Um, what was the infrastructure like there? And was it sort of like you were forced to move to the to the city to make it happen? Or was it, um, you know, relatively straightforward to to work your way up through through juniors um, to a professional career? No, I think, I think you, you'd say it was um, 
at the time quite difficult to sort of crack it. I think I came through it probably a good time where I had um, the likes of Nathan Burns, who was a few years older than me, um, just start to crack it in the A-League uh, when I was around the probably the 14, 13, 14 year old sort of mark um so you sort of saw a little bit of a pathway there um but then uh we were actually family friends um with the burns and so we knew how tough it was for him to actually get to where he was so there was a possibility there out there um there are some good coaches floating around and some and people that really want to do well for football out, out in central west new south wales so it's not a lack of that but it's just yeah sort of getting recognized um and sort of getting those moves and someone taking a chance so it is difficult. I was lucky enough where I played for New South Wales country in the national titles um, and, and did pretty well. Um, thankfully, I got asked to to join um, New South Wales Institute of Sport when I was 15. Um, I think at the time they had to have at least two or three um, country um, players. Um, so I was lucky enough to be one of those, those three. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of what made me move from um, Bathurst, where my family lived at the time, um, to Sydney, um, to live with Rellos, uh, and then sort of progress um, from there. But yeah, as a as a kid, it is it is tough, and I think it's it's I wouldn't say it's getting tougher, but um, there was a good period there where there was a, a lot of good stuff happening um, out in country New South Wales and, and the Central West in terms of football. But now it's probably a little bit more difficult. But yeah, it is always difficult. I think it's just exposure and and eyes on that sort of get people through or get players or kids through um i think to go even my whole career i've been in the right place at the right time and a lot of a lot of the times and i think that was no different it was a little obviously a lot of hard work but um a little bit of luck to sort of get recognized at that age and and get the the chance to to get a scholarship and, and move to sydney and thankfully i had rellos in sydney that that took me on and i got to live with them um with my auntie and uncle who who took me under their wing and, and looked after me really well so yeah like i said it was Difficult, but I think I was right place, right time. And luckily for me, it worked out. There's a lot of players, obviously, it doesn't work out for, and mm. they take that stab and, and have to to miss out, which is which is difficult. But yeah, I think yeah, I got a bit lucky. And you, of course, went from the New South Wales Institute of Sport, found your way into the Sydney FC youth team in 2008, 2009, and won the flag that first year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was I was uh, after the New South Wales Institute. Institute of Sport. I was lucky enough to go to the Australian Institute of Sport. And like I said, right place, right time. It was the very first year of the National Youth League for the A-League. Um, and I was at, I think I was 17 at the time. So again, perfect age to sort of slot into that. And lucky enough, Sydney FC signed me up in the Youth League. And yeah, got to play that first season, the inaugural season of the Youth League. And we had such a good team. Yeah, we ended up going on and, and winning that. And um, yeah, I, I got to debut with the with the first team later in that season. But yeah, again, it was just one of those things that right place, right time, everything worked out well. I was a great age then for those things starting to kick off and uh, yeah, sort of got my foot in the door and one thing led to another, but yeah, that was a, a great season. Like I said, we had a great team um, and a lot of those players went on to play professionally and yeah, we, we went on to win it that year and um, yeah, it really enjoyed it and had, had a belt every year. So it was, um, yeah, like I said, great timing. Do those youth league appearances count towards um, Sydney FC appearance numbers or caps? I don't think they do. I don't think they do. I don't think they're professional, um, yeah, games appearances. But I'll definitely chuck them on there. I'd, I think I'd be up, yeah, close to three hundred 
300 odd if they counted but unfortunately i don't think they do but yeah obviously still sit hit sitting pretty high up there so um i'll still take it well the game's record holder at sydney fc the sky blue fans absolutely love you and with with good reason i think you're on about maybe just under 240 professional appearances with sydney fc something's got to be got to be uh in the water up there or working for you you know it's it's um it's not often that you see in professional sport let alone professional football where you know the word transactions is used for players moving around it's just such a common everyday kind of thing it's not really every day that you come across somebody who's played for so many years in one spot um can you explain that at all or is it sort of again just sort of how it's how it's worked out you obviously love playing in sydney yeah it's a yeah i mean it's a hard one to sort of explain because when you're in the in that moment or when it's you it's sort of just year to year isn't it and or contract to contract so um yeah, I think when I first started, uh, I battled for a few years and probably was lucky to get a few extensions on my contract. Um, I didn't, I had a few good years and a few dull years. So it was one of those things that, yeah, again, I keep going back to it, but a bit lucky and to sort of kick on. But then as as I got on, I, I really enjoyed it. And um, obviously Sydney is the biggest club uh, in the A-League in terms of what we've won and, and whatnot. So um, to be at a club like that, I never really wanted to leave and, sort of no disrespect to any any other club but I sort of seen it as a sort of a, a step down if I was to leave and, and go somewhere else and I sort of wanted to graft away and and make my way into that team and um again lucky enough I, I sort of cracked into into the starting 11 and have been there for a number of years now but yeah it was definitely a graft um but yeah it's a place that is definitely my home and I don't feel um like I really wanted to play anywhere else um at times it would have been nice maybe to test myself overseas but Again, nothing came up that um, really fancied me leaving uh, such a place that I loved and a team that I, I loved and and a city that I love living in. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that sort of, as the year's gone on, you sort of look back and go, yeah, shit, I've been here for a while. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just enjoyed it um, the whole time. So it's it's been nice. I, um, I love to hear stories like that because, like I said, they are so – I guess rare in the world of professional sport. I mean, every now and then you see, you know, guys in the NBA that have been in the same place for for a long time. But you know, even Paul Pierce left the the Boston Celtics towards the end of his career, and you know, there's these guys that play a lot of time in in one spot. But to to stick it out is um is a massive deal. And um you know, Sydney FC five titles. You've seen four of them. I guess the record reads for itself. You know, you don't need to. <laughs> there's no explanation required when there's that much of success in in one spot, I guess. Can you remember your professional debut? Was there a bit of a, a build up to that? Or, um, you know, can you take me through that, the mindset that day? Yeah, I think um, I was, yeah, playing quite well in, in the youth team at the time. Like like we mentioned earlier, that team was really good and we were having a very successful team uh, year. So a lot of those boys graduated into the first team, uh, whether it was Sydney FC or other A-League teams, we all sort of stepped up. So um yeah I didn't sort of see it coming but I started to train with the first team for a while um and then the 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 first team weren't having the best year at the time I don't think we were making going to make the final so I think Cosie at the time John Cosmina uh, started to blood a few of the young boys and um yeah I was lucky enough to be one of those guys that stepped in for the last four or five games um of the 0809 season I think it was and yeah my debut was against Perth I think I got 15 minutes off the bench and I don't know if I touched the ball. I think I ran around <laughs> like a, a headless chook, which I, I still tend to do. Uh, I haven't changed much, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't remember how it went. I think we ended up getting getting beaten 
quite convincingly that game but um yeah got on and was lucky enough to make make my debut and had family and friends there which was nice so um yeah it was it was a great day other than the result it was a great day yeah to to make my debut as a professional footballer i guess you never looked back yeah exactly yeah that was that was 2008 or, or yeah 2008 2009 i think so i think this is my 14th year so yeah, haven't looked back. It's been a, a long time, but at the same time, it feels like yesterday. So it's yeah, it's one of those crazy things. And I guess there's been some ebbs and flows in the you know the overall kind of um, momentum of the league, um, and there've been some big moments. But my eyes and my mind instantly go to 2012 to 2014. Again, there's a little bit of bias in there, but I, I don't know if those years jump out to you for any particular reason at all. But uh, the name Alessandro Del Piero uh, caught my eye, um, not only as a fan, but when we were preparing just some questions for this podcast. And I, I'm curious, did did your your paths would have crossed for you know a couple of years there? What was he like to play with? Yeah, I was there the, the whole time um, he came in, and yeah, I mean at the time when when the rumours were he was coming, it was sort of like surely not like this guy who's who's done everything, literally done everything in world football in terms of winning things. It's like, he's going to come and play with us. Um, yeah. So it was, it was very surreal, but yeah, he was, he was honestly such a legend. He was down to earth. When everyone asked me about him, I I, I can't speak highly enough of him. He's, he came in very down to earth, spoke to everybody. Um, yeah. Gave everybody a chance. Didn't matter if you were in the youth team, didn't matter if you were, the laundry lady uh, didn't matter if you're the head coach. He, he he treated everyone the same and gave everyone the time of day. Um, yeah, and we got quite close. I was I think I was only 21 at the time, so I was sort of just trying to break through. But he yeah he, he put his arm around me a few times and gave me a few tips and, and whatnot and tried to help me out. Um, yeah, and we we forged a pretty good uh, relationship. Um, even last year when I, I broke the, the record for Sydney FC appearances, he he sent me a text message which was which is awesome. He didn't need to do that. Um, yeah. And for him to sort of be aware of that and and do that just goes to show what sort of guy he was or is, I should say. Um, but yeah, legend, like off the field legend, but on the field, like even better, like some of the stuff you'd see him do at training was freakish. I know we would literally stay 45 minutes after every session and just watch him take free kicks, left foot, right foot. And I'm not joking. He would, he would score nine out of 10 with his left foot and then most of the time 10 out of 10 with his right it was it was like just it was crazy to see it firsthand like you see what he's done in the <laughs> past like, but they did be there and watching him it was it was honestly freaky shade like you couldn't believe it you're like this is this is a cheat mode like this guy's a, a freak it's like when you create your own player in fifa you're like yeah we've got uh yeah. well, actually no i've got bonus points here i put them all in skill agility he's kind of at least to me as an outsider it looked like he kind of had the lot was he top binning all of those free kicks as well just like top bins i'm not even kidding we he, he he was hitting at top bins he had a keeper in he had the the mannequins up for a wall it was he, it wasn't like he was just taking it with no one there and it was like oh yeah okay he's hitting a good spot here he was literally beating <laughs> the keeper get over the wall both feet while having about 30 boys watch him sitting around him about five meters just taking it all in so yeah not that he feels the pressure but i mean if he's come to a new club and he's everyone's watching it, you sort of you'd think maybe he'd be like oh fuck, i need to turn it on here but um i mean he's played in front of hundreds of thousands of people so that's that's probably a silly comment but um yeah he just did it time after time and um yeah crazy on the pitch but like i said the biggest thing off the pitch he was such a good dude 
real down to earth. Took the boys out for dinner and and really made the effort to to join in and, and be one of us. And um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing I remember from him. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool to me. It's so cool to me. You you look back and you're like, that's got to be that's got to be up there in the in the names of you know that's story you tell your kids one day. You know, Alessandro Del Piero was a a teammate of mine, and you know, hung out off the pitch and all this stuff. You man, you don't even need to add Mayo to that. That's that's special, and uh, that's something yeah. that I'd uh, I'd definitely be leaning into. Hey, I want to talk about another a big moment, somewhat more recent, um, the twenty twenty A League Grand Final, the hundredth minute, uh, your game winning chest, uh, as opposed to you know using your foot, you you just kind of bodied it in, which is actually a trick out of my own arsenal because uh, I'm no good with my feet, um, but decent with the chest and the body. Um, but can you can you talk me through that that winner in the 100th minute? It's uh, it's the the highlight that just keeps on giving. Yeah, I think that that sums me up, that play perfectly. Like Bratzi puts the ball on a platter. Instead of doing it the conventional way and probably getting my head on it and doing the right thing or, like you said, using my feet, I decide to use my chest or shoulder, whatever, um, not on purpose. I think it was just instinct. Um, I can't take any credit for thinking, oh, yeah, he's going to expect a header. I'm going to chest this. It was sort of just like instinct and lucky enough it settled in the in the far corner. But, yeah, it was just, like I said, it, that sums me up. Not pretty, bit bit strange, but sort of got there and right place, right time again and obviously get, get the winner in, in extra time. And then to run off and try and pull my shirt over my head like a Derek and a bit of the carry-on was, again, a bit embarrassing when you – when you watch it back and see that, I'm a bit like, oh, dude, what were you thinking? But, yeah, again, it was just in the moment, instinct. Um, but, yeah, obviously a great moment of mine and something that I'll never forget, yeah, scoring a, a winner in the grand final um, against a, a big rival and, and going back-to-back was huge. I just find that so funny. I was once uh, in front of me, I looked straight down the pitch and there was no keeper. I was about five metres out. The ball had bounced just sort of just right for me to chest it in chested it and it's hit the post and gone out of bounds missed the unmissable so you've actually done pretty well in that situation you had too much time to think about it mine i was just sort of come at me it was just like it, it the the best part is the hundredth minute like just never switch off like it just goes to show that your, your head was in the game and you're in the moment and wow we to get a to get a flag from it that's got to that's got to be a good feeling um that's your your most recent flag you've you've played in four yeah, that's a yeah. Obviously, the most recent. I've been yeah, I've won a couple and and lost, and lost one. So um, yeah, that one to sort of like I said, I think we went back to back. That was two years in a row, and um, yeah, it was a pretty special. And like I was lucky enough to have scored in another grand final. So to score in my second grand final, but this one to be the winner was was pretty cool. So yeah, it's something like you said, and I'll never forget. Now, something that I am desperate to ask you about is what it's like playing for the the green and gold, the Socceroos, um, and how did that come about? Like, you, did you put a good run of form together, and sort of one thing led to another, and the national team was calling, or uh, was that debut against uh, Lebanon a little bit more out of the blue for you? Can you describe your experience of of getting the call up? Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, it was a little bit out of the blue. I think I'd just come back from an, a knee injury um and I'd come back in pretty good shape and started that season quite well and yeah was on a bit of a run of form um and then Arnie Graham Arnold called me up and just wanted me to be part of the squad there was a couple games a couple friendlies at the time during that international break so um I was just happy to be part of the squad and then 
um, I was lucky enough yeah, to sort of get given the opportunity to start that game and, and make my debut. But, um, yeah, about three years earlier, I think I'd, I'd been called up um, when Ange was the coach um, and sat on the bench for a couple of games and, and didn't get on the pitch. So I'd, I'd never officially made my debut. So, yeah, I sort of thought after that, then I had that knee injury. I sort of thought, oh, maybe that's that's my chance playing for Australia um, gone. Um, not that I was hung up on. I, was, I never expected to play for Australia. It's something I was still very proud to have done. And um, I think I've got 20-odd caps and never thought I'd get one. So to, to get that many, I'm, I'm over the moon and pumped about. So, um, yeah, never take it for granted. Um, so when I got that opportunity, yeah, I just wanted to to get out there and play that one game. And and then I would have been happy to to hang them up after that. I think I'd, that was my biggest my biggest dream um to represent my country and like we spoke about before I loved all sport growing up and I always just wanted to play for Australia in, in whatever sport uh, I could whether that was cricket or, or rugby league um or soccer and then obviously yeah they sort of ended up lucky enough being able to do that and I think I think the biggest thing is though is your family what the, what it means to them especially my parents um I, I think we touched on my mum and dad and everything that they did for me especially my dad and I think the, the the proudest moment is seeing how proud they are and like I said dad's not a big talker but um when you hear him telling his friends or talking about me um and I sort of overhear it you sort of see how proud he is so I think that's that's the biggest thing but yeah um didn't ever think like I said I'd, I'd get the chance to play for him so to be able to play for Australia and say that now I've, I've played for the Socceroos is, is pretty freakish so say so yeah, again something else I will never forget and and can tell the grandkids and you've kicked a snag. I have. I have. Yeah, a snag, I, was, I should say. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I get the reference. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was sort of, yeah, sort of lucky enough to be in, again, right place, right time and, and get a header and, um, yeah, score one goal. So I've got one international goal. I don't score too many. So, yeah, it sounds about right. 20-odd games, one goal. That seems to be about my... Um, <laughs> yeah, my sort of, uh, <laughs> range of, yeah, yeah, how I do it. So it worked out quite well. Mate, the uh, the extremely um, low stakes parallels with my own social sport career are actually pretty uncanny. I'm, you know, like I mentioned, defender, mullet. We're born a week apart, which is just kind of weird. You've got no way to know that. I've probably overshared there, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I like to push down a little bit. The utility days kick in. I'm like, oh, actually, the eyes light up a little bit around the onion bag. So you know, kick the odd goal. But yeah, look, one in twenty. Um, Possibly some more to come. Hopefully, um, tell me about that that goal though. Anthony and I were actually <laughs> we were actually laughing a little bit. We were looking at um at highlights uh, just just before you logged on, um, and it just was so on a plate. It was like the most amazing ball you could could have asked for. What was the um? Did that pathway to goal just light up? Like was it just there, and you just instinctively had to had to take it because that was about the dream bounce. It looked amazing. Yeah, I think I always try and sneak in at the back post. It's a bit of a, a thing I do. It's a bit of a trademark, you might say, um, that I try and sneak in at the back post. And, yeah, I just sort of chanced my arm a little bit there and, and ran in behind. And, yeah, then I think it was Aiden Perustich put in a yeah, inch-perfect cross. It bounced up. And usually if I have too much time to think about it, that's when I kook it. And, and stuff up so when it sort of just bounced up and it was sitting right there it was I think it was harder to miss than it was to score so yeah to sort of get the the noggin on it and it to go in the back of the net and have to not think about it too much it, it just sort of worked out perfectly and 
yeah, I think we ended up only winning one nil that game. It was a, a tough. It was a tough game away. Um, it might sound sarcastic, but we were playing Vietnam away, um, which a lot of people would probably assume that we should should beat them and, and win comfortably. But yeah, it was very tough conditions, very hot and humid, and the pitch was crazy. So um, yeah, it ended up being the winner, which was which was pretty cool too. So um, yeah, but like you said, it was inch perfect cross. I could I could have uh, hardly missed it, so it, was, it worked out quite well. Yeah, I didn't mean to undersell it. That's not what I was going for. <laughs> no, no, not at all, mate. I'm, I'm more than happy to. Yeah, I, I'll admit it. If, I, if I scored a scream, I, I wouldn't let you, you give me, give me anything. But that it's, was definitely uh, a, a pretty easy. Pretty it's easy one, goal. it's one more international goal than I've kicked. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that's um, what I can always revert back to, can't I? I want to talk a little bit about uh, something you touched on earlier, Ryan. Uh, the two knee injuries you've suffered and the the worst kind of knee injury and an ACL not only on the on the left leg but on the right leg as well what is the what does that sort of feel like doing the second one after you've done such hard yards um you know recuperating and rehabilitating for for 12 months after the first yeah it was tough um I mean a lot of people a lot of sportsmen talk about how difficult injuries can be um the first one I was sort of a bit uh, not across it. I was sort of like, yeah, this sucks. I'm going to obviously be out for nine to 12 months. Um, but it, I, I just sort of took it on chin. It's like, it is what it is. And it, mm. it took me a while to get back, to be honest. I probably didn't look after myself as well as I should have and sort of expected just to come back quite normal, but it wasn't wasn't to be that way. So I sort of had to work a little bit harder towards the end to make sure I was I was back. But, um, yeah, eventually got there. But the second time, I'd, I'd like I mentioned earlier, I'd, just, I'd been called up for the Socceroos, um didn't make my debut but I sat on the bench a few times um yeah got it had a very very good season with Sydney um so everything was was looking really good and then yeah the first week of pre-season that following year I I went down with the with the other one which was it was sort of it was heartbreaking it was one of those things like yeah you sort of get yourself to a place and everything's sort of hunky-dory and working out really well and then um yeah for some sort of cut you down like that it, it's it's tough and people say oh you sort of you know what to expect now you can sort of get through it but which is which is true but at the same time you do know what to expect and you know how difficult and hard and and long the road is so um yes I mean I don't want to make it a sob story because I mean nearly everybody goes through difficult times whether it's in sport or outside of sport but and has injuries and whatnot so um it's definitely not nothing different or nothing new everyone sort of goes through that sort of stuff but yeah it, it is difficult so and like I mentioned before, I think I sort of thought, yeah, all my chances of, of playing for Australia had sort of slipped away with that. It would be tough at, I think I was 26 or 27 to get back um, to a very high level and, and playing good and and getting into that national team setup. So, um, yeah, sort of thought uh, that's sort of gone past. But at the same time, I was like, oh, I'm not too bothered. I'd, I'm quite happy if I can still play at a high level and play professionally. I'll, I'll definitely take that and sort of looked after myself a lot more um that's on the second injury and and got back in really good shape and that's sort of when I, I started the season really well and ended up getting a call up to, to the Socceroos but yeah it, it is difficult you have down days and um tough moments but I think at the end of the day I'm I, I'm pretty good at being oblivious to stuff and sort of mm. just getting on with it it's, if, if you get on with it there's not much you else you can do really it's your only choice so you sort of got get on with it and worked out all right in the end I'll tell you what, looking on the positive side and saying, oh, you've done one before you know what to expect, that's about, oh, my God, that's that's about the 
the the grimmest silver lining you can possibly have in in professional yeah. sport i imagine it's like oh i've done one so i, I know what to expect oh i'd be so flat yeah. um was there a uh, the thing that i think about with with serious injuries is not so much the like sure the duration of the rehab and and doing all the time to get it better and get it right again it, i'm sure that's that's kind of hard and a big drainer and you kind of become impatient at times or i don't want to put words into your mouth but did, did you become impatient at times or was it just something like this is what i've got to do in order to to keep i guess playing professional sport no I definitely got impatient i'm a i'm a pretty impatient person um in 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 different parts of my life anyway but yeah with that because you you with the with the rehab you sort of do something for a while or do some particular rehab and then you tick that box and you move forward um and then you sort of get to a stage where you're like i feel really good i'm running around i can't feel it um i feel like i could change direction i can kick a ball here and you're sort of like i'm ready to go and then obviously the doctors and the, and the physios and that are telling you no know, like it's not fully healed trust us we, we have all this information and, and data and knowledge that it's like you need between almost to 12 months before it's fully fully healed um so obviously at nine months it's it's in pretty good nick but 12 months i think is what they say where it's fully healed so um if you want to take the risk it's obviously at your own own risk but um yeah they were definitely saying like just hold back so you get to yeah you get times where you're like i've done literally everything that you've wanted i've ticked this box i've ticked that box but it still comes down to a bit of a time frame so it sort of gets very frustrating and you get very impatient um but then again like i said it's sort of as soon as the doctors say that you're like yeah of, of course you you obviously know best so you sort of take it on the chin and say okay and then i'll look forward to getting to this if this is the next thing i need to tick then you get to that and you sort of use that as your little goals your little stepping stones to be like okay once i get to there then i can do this and then once i get to there then i can start playing or start training again so um as in as in frustrating and, and impatient and as as i was i sort of knew that they know best obviously so listen to the people that have got your best interests at heart and then obviously um you'll get there in the end and obviously i did and now there's i mean i wouldn't say they're as good as gold because they still give me grief all the time but they're just as close as you could be i suppose i'm um i'm interested to know like did that time off the pitch particularly that second time did did that give you an opportunity to kind of like take stock and and look at your career and i guess that thought oh maybe i won't play for the socceroos again that kind of ne negative na nagging kind of thought did did you think oh maybe i'll did you arm yourself with with skills outside football in that time or was that just something you couldn't even sort of indulge thinking about no very much i think that what you, you've just banged it on the head there i i sort of stepped away and more than anything just realize like i'm very lucky to do what i do like i can i can have a, a pretty negative outlook and say oh i've sort of missed my chance now this is my that was my window to sort of capitalize on my form and and push on and, and go places um i sort of looked at it and was like oh I'm, I'm lucky to sort of do what i do and i've i've sort of laid enough um sort of i don't know the right terminology but put enough down in the past to sort of see that i have a chance to sort of keep going as a professional footballer how mm. far i get i'm not sure but i had sort of laid that down in the past so i still had that little bit of time to sort of get myself right and know that i had a chance to, to sort of get back in and play professional but i sort of i did do a lot of study i've, I've done a lot of study and, and tried to see where what i like to do and still not quite sure but i sort of more took it as um time to get away from football and, and enjoy doing stuff that um athletes don't get usually get to do and i i ended up i think 
I've said it before in, in different interviews, but I bought a van and, and decked it out, um, put a bed in the back and sort of went away. When the boys would play a game on the weekend, I'd do all my rehab during the week and I'd get the weekends off or get a Sunday off. So I'd on the Saturday, I'd jump in the van and, and go up and down the coast and fish and surf and um, sort of just camp on the beach or close to it and, and sort of get away. And um, yeah, as like I said, as an athlete or a footballer, you don't really get that time to to get away on a weekend because that's you, obviously you train all week to play on the weekend. So to get my weekends and, and do something different was really cool. And I sort of used it. That is the positive to sort of get away from it. And then yeah, time flies when you're sort of doing that and then you, you get back in Monday and you're actually keen to get into your rehab as as much as it's the same old, same old every week doing your, your rehab. You're sort of keen to get back because you've had that little break. You've got away and enjoyed yourself. So, yeah, I really used that time, that that a year off. I wouldn't say it was that long. Probably nine months off to to concentrate on something different and try something different and, yeah, really enjoyed it. And I think it put me in good stead coming back where I was like, oh, yeah, no, I love being back and I'm not going to take this for granted. I'm going to give it a, a good red hot crack. Is um is road tripping and surfing and fishing, is that how you spend most of your time off the pitch? Is that sort of, are they still the things that you like to do most of all? Uh, yeah, I still love to do them. I don't do them as often. I'm quite lucky. I live quite close to the beach, so I still can get down to have a, a swim in the morning or a surf in the Arvo. Um, so I'm still very, um, yeah, water orientated. Um, don't get to get away as much. I had to sell the van, unfortunately. Oh, are you kidding? Um, I know it, it, it shut itself. So instead of paying to fix it, I was like, oh, I can make a, a bit of a money on this, especially with our secondhand cars are going at the minute. So got it rid of it, but I've got, yeah, I've got the Azuzu now. So it's, that's just as good a big D max that I can get around and, and still go camp. And so it's still, it's still all good, but um, yeah, still love to be by the water, but if, I obviously don't get to camp as much, but any time I get a weekend off, which is which is quite rare, I try and get away and up the down the coast with my girlfriend and, and do something a little bit different. As somebody from Melbourne, the last thing I want to do is make this a bit of a love letter to the northern beaches of Sydney and the and the the Sydney area. But gee, I'll tell you what, the beaches are second to none, and the access to I guess even better beaches north and south of Sydney. It's pretty enviable. I, I I can't lie. Even as a, a Melbourneian with a burning uh, desire to cut down Sydney as frequently as possible, <laughs> oh, it it's can't be denied. It genuinely can't be denied. I'm very envious of that. I guess the outdoor lifestyle is um something I'm I'm yet to really lean into for that reason. Um, I'd love to one day. And I guess you can always get a van back if you had to. You've got the the knowledge of how to how to do it and how to you know add stuff and and make it a really good setup yeah i mean yeah firstly it's we are quite lucky up here where we're in where all well, i'm only a couple minutes away from the beach and yeah across the bridge to the northern beaches where you can always um get a wave or get your own little wave i suppose it's a bit more um free here in bondi it's a bit chaotic out there it's every man for himself and it's a bit crowded but yeah there's always a break that you can get to up in the northern beaches and get up up and down the coast we're quite lucky there's yeah we've got beautiful beaches all the way up it's whether the weather turns up or not it's a different story of late but um yeah we're pretty lucky up here you touched on briefly study um what is it that you've you've studied or what would you be interested in um picking up again after maybe after football oh that's the the big question um i've, I've dabbled in a few different things i've done my cert three uh cert four and, and diploma in business i've done my cert four in youth work um i've done yeah cert three and four in um fitness so I've, I've dabbled in a lot of stuff and and tried to to find what my real interest is and 
as much as I love doing all those things, it's it's nothing's really stuck with me. So I'm still I'm still on the lookout. I'm still trying to find what not only I enjoy doing and would love to do after football, but what sort of could maintain an income and I could sort of live off after. So it's yeah, it's a tough one. Um, but yeah, I I really like um, yeah youth work or working with people with disabilities and stuff. I try to do a little bit of volunteering here and there where I can I can help out and um yeah i really get a, a lot out of that um whether that's a career i'm not too sure I, I sort of more enjoy that as a volunteer where i can sort of have that little um thing to get away i suppose and, and give back but yeah mate i really don't know what i want to do I, I, people talk about media and and whatnot i don't think i've got the voice for it let alone the face um for media so i'm not real sure eh? it's one of those things that i'm still tossing up and still trying to figure out but i'm sure when the time comes hopefully i've still got a few more years in football when the time comes i'll i'll, I'll know mate if they give bozza a job you're a shoe in <laughs> that's <laughs> well, mate, that's... there's a few there's a few there's a few on the tv at the minute that you think fair income if they can get it i could do it I've thrown Boz under the bus there. That was cruel. I, he was just the first that I could think of, ex-players <laughs> that, that make it big in the media. No, yeah, yeah, you bang on easy target there. But, yeah, no, there's some yeah, some ordinary people, I suppose, getting around. So, <laughs> But we'll see. I'm, I, I don't know if I'd be any better. It's easy to throw stones from here. I think it's almost a situation where, I mean, this is just an outside voice. You've probably heard it a million times, but you could probably almost create, create your own position within a – an A-League club that involves things like community outreach and, and disability work, it, be that with Sydney FC or, you know, somewhere else. But I, there's almost that situation where, you know, I, I've had friends who finish up, you know, a professional sports career and it's sort of something they think about. Um, and I guess you've got stature in the game and, um, you know, some runs on the board and, you know, you've done hard work and enjoy stuff off the pitch. So who knows? Maybe you could maybe you could uh, tap someone on the shoulder and say, I've got a got an idea here. Um, yeah, that's definitely something that's that's crossed my mind. And the more people I speak to, like you've just said, it say similar things. So um, yeah, you never know what, what might pop up. I've, like you said, I've got a pretty good relationship here with Sydney. Hmm. Um, it's sort of all I know. Um, yeah, if something was to to pop up and sort of suit both myself and and the club, would be awesome. But yeah, well, I suppose we'll see where that lands and and see where I end up. But at the moment, yeah, like I said, hopefully I've got a few more years of football and a few more years to to figure it out. Careers are getting longer and longer as well. You know, you look at the the Cristiano Ronaldo's and, you know, guys getting into their mid to late late 30s and, mate, you, you could have, you know, five five to seven years left in the game. There's plenty of time, plenty of time. Definitely, yeah. We've Even we've got Wilco, Alex Wilkinson, uh, who's 37, maybe 38 now, I think, or close to it um, at Sydney FC and still doing it easy. I mean, he's he's injured at the moment for the first time in his career, but until now he's, he's never missed a game, never missed a session, so... Yeah, there's like you said, it's, everyone's getting a bit more, um, yeah, long in the tooth, I suppose, and more happy to <laughs> to keep playing. So whether I whether I do, I'm not sure. Whether I've got this the skill set or even that, like we've mentioned before, the patience to keep playing the game that long. Who knows? But um, yeah, you never know. We'll see. We'll see how it pans out. We've um, we've sat down to chat on a slightly auspicious date with regards to. Um, Socceroos selection coming out tomorrow and, and that kind of stuff. I don't want to put you on the spot and ask you any, any questions about that at all. I just wanted to tell you that everybody at Our Sport um, is very much in your corner and we hope you get some some good news tomorrow. I won't ask you to comment on that even slightly, but I'll let that stand as a, a comment from 
from me. We really hope it, uh, that goes well. Um, I'm interested just to touch on briefly um, your relationship with um, Graham Arnold because, um, of course, he spent time with Sydney FC and now he's um, Socceroos coach. Um, what sort of a role did he play in your professional career as a kind of a coach and was he a role model at all? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when he came into Sydney FC, I think I was I was still a bit of a utility and trying to find my feet um, in where I belonged, I suppose, in the team or in the squad. Um, I was more than happy to play all over the pitch. I think at the time uh, I'd played in every single position, uh, bar goalkeeper. Uh, did tick <laughs> that off the, off the list though a few years ago, but at the time I was, um, yeah, that was the only position I hadn't played. Um, and then he, he sort of go me, um, he sort of said to me after that first season, he was in charge. You, you've got first dibs at, at right back. I, I see you as a, a great right back. You're you're a good athlete. Um, so if you can hone in on a few of the skills that a uh, right back has, um, you can really give that a, a red hot crack. And yeah, it sort of gave me something to aspire to. And um, I really tried to learn the craft. I suppose that that following season. And um, yeah, since then I've I've only played right back with a, a few um, sort of positional changes only. Um, when the team needed it the last few years. So, um, yeah, he, he's sort of been the one that got me playing right back and, um, yeah, which obviously opened up the door to to play for the Socceroos. So, yeah, I've got a lot, lot to thank Ferrani. Um, yeah, changing me over to a right back. And then obviously he gave me the call up. Uh, he got me my first my first cap for the Socceroos. So, yeah, I got a lot to, to thank uh, Arnie for. Um, so hopefully uh, in the future I can thank him for a few more things if that if that works out in terms to the World Cup. I, I'm I'm to be honest I'm not um, that confident. I don't think I've done enough, but we'll see how that plays out. But um, yeah, no, Arnie's been great for me in my career and and still is. Um, yeah, we got a good relationship. No, very tactical answer. I uh, I respect that a lot. I um, will be keeping a pretty keen eye on the list tomorrow. And yeah, we re- we really do um, hope things work out. This uh, this podcast will obviously be released after the fact, but uh, you know that that uh, goodwill definitely um, holds true. Um, I just wanted to to finish off by asking you a couple of questions about maybe there's some some info you can um, not only offer me as a, a defender, but our team, Asport FC, we're currently in a a big time form slump. We've enjoyed a lot of success uh, in recent seasons. We played off in a grand final last year and it's just been pew ever since. It's sort of almost like a, a runner's up blues. Um, can you think of any advice or how maybe teams that you've been on who've gone through a form slump have, have managed to work through it? Um, any golden words of wisdom you can offer us? I think the, the old adage is if you score more goals than they do, you'll win the game. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how true that rings um, to Catches you. No, matches. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you, if you don't shoot, you don't score, uh, the old adage. Um, no, I think, yeah, it's, I mean, last year is a perfect example. We, the year before we were in a grand final and uh, we didn't win it, but we, we had a good season. And then last year we had probably the worst season we've had um, since my first season at Sydney FC, which was really disappointing and and hard to sort of accept. But this year, I think we've started the season okay. We haven't got back to where we were, but um, yeah, I think it's hard to say, mate. Sometimes it's so hard to put the finger on what the change is. So I, I don't think I have the best advice for you. I think maybe later in the season when we when we're sort of back up on top of the table, I can tell you what what helps. But at the minute, we're still fighting to get there. So. Um, yeah, just all the cliches, mate. Just credit to the boys. Um, 
matches. Yeah, just got to just got to roll with the cliches and hopefully they work. I think it sounds like uh, I guess maybe the take home message is that we'll know what it is we need to do when we see it and when we need to do it. Exactly. And if it doesn't work, then that's not it. From a more personal point of view, um, I've just mumbled my words there, but from a more personal point of view, um, as a defender, what would be the first piece of advice you offered a social sport level futsal defender? Well, tough, because that's probably my level, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Surely not. I'd say just be on the front foot, be aggressive. You can always get away with being aggressive. If you're over aggressive, people might hate you, but you're going to win more often than you'll lose, I reckon. So front foot, aggressive. Sounds like I'm playing cricket again, but get on that front foot, <laughs> be aggressive. <laughs> Ryan, you've got no no way to know this, but you've read me like a book on on first meeting. Uh, that's absolutely my game style. And uh, I, I do find, though, when it's not going so well, the tendency is to kind of pull back a bit and kind of, oh, maybe I'll be, play a bit more reactively. But um, no, maybe it's just something I need to make sure I do every week, play on that front foot proactively and, yeah, aggressively within reason. Definitely. Yeah, I think if you're scared of getting beaten or getting beaten in behind, that's when you sort of start to back off and then that, that, that's when you're in strife. So if, you, if someone skins you, they skin you, like, fuck it. Sort of just be on that front foot, be aggressive. Now, I don't know if you're next to your diary, but I reckon if you just mark a few Wednesdays in the uh, you know, next five to seven years, if you're ever free on a Wednesday night to come and uh, fill in for the Mighty R Sport FC, I'm, I know that the boys would appreciate it. We've got a few, uh, we've got a few um, uh, injuries at the moment, but uh, you're qu- quite busy. Uh, but, yeah, mark, mark those off, mate, and we'd, we'd love to see you on the pitch with uh, R Sport in the future. Oh, mate, I'd be honoured. I think if we have Sunday games, we usually get the Wednesday off. So hopefully we've got a few Sunday games coming up and we, I might be able to sneak in and maybe put on a, a wig and a moustache and sort of try and fit in. I'll tell you what, mate, that sounds like uh, that's as good as a written contract to me. That sounds awesome. Ryan <laughs> Grant, uh, A-League legend, 239 appearances with Sydney FC, the Sky Blues and the Socceroos on the resume. Thanks so much for joining us uh, on our conversations. It's really been an absolute pleasure. No worries, mate. Thank you for having me. Stay up to date with everything our conversations via our social media platforms at rsport double underscore on the gram or via the website www.r-sportswear.com. 